Everyone ready? Go for it. Three, two, one. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream. Streaming at you live. I am your host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With me are two exceptional individuals who you would know and love if you knew them in person. If you do, I'm sure you already do. That is Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer and Rick Elgarian Hart. Hello, everybody. Hi there. Everybody watching on Twitch, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, if you're watching this on somewhere else, then I hope you had a good day when people were watching this on Twitch. Woo! Good job covering your bases there. Thank you. Whatever time it may be where you're at, I hope it's going pretty dang well, and hopefully we can make it that little bit better. There's not too molten strife in the world, my friends. And nowhere will you find that like here, where we got different uh, kinds of too molten strife. Excuse me. It's not January 7th, just to let you know. It's not? Ah, dang it. I got every slide with that one. See, why'd you have to bring that up? Now people are going to look at that. So yep. the disclaimer, does the disclaimer cover that? You know, misinforming people about Oh, days. my God. Yeah, about that. what day it is. Look at that. Look at people that. think they went back in time. Oh, my God. Trump's really not the president yet? <laughs> All right. Oh, no, you lied to me, Legion of Myth. You gave me hope and took it away. Damn you. Unsubscribe. Well, giving oh, hope and taking it away is actually my MO. That's kind of like what my how I exist. That's... I swim in that like a shark in the ocean. I dance upon it like a leprechaun on a pot of gold. Your misfortune is my pleasure. But I fixed it. I fixed it. Good now. job. There you go. Now we represent proper reality. It was all planned, though. The theme all for planned. today is time travel. <laughs> I can make that work. <laughs> Give me a chance. <laughs> How clever are we? I was playing an Agents of Yesterday uh, character on Star Trek Online to take advantage of the bonus XP weekend, which I learned of from our very own Heathen Dog. Yay! I blew through four levels in an, in 50 minutes. It was great. That is, Yeah, I did pretty much the same. I was just blowing through them. Well, I should have played longer, but, you know, it's like, uh, kids like, ah, we're hungry, you know, whatever. All right. Yeah, yeah, kids, yeah. So today, we are going to go over Elgarian Shroud of the Avatar update. We're going to talk Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, anime on the stream, where he goes over three shows you should be aware of. And also last, possibly least, we have Garthon's Comic Poll, where we're going to talk about... See, I didn't put those in there. Someone else has put that in there. We're going to talk about Just League vs. Suicide Squad and two other books, which will be a mystery. Then things roll around the random brainstem. Uh, we're kind of talking before we started on the RNG tip. See, I'm hip. I use 1980s lingo. Um, that's like late 1989, you know, salt and pepper on the ill tip. Booyah. Booyah. On the first day, he thought I was a dummy. He had the nerve to tell me he loved me. So I dissed him. I said, you a sucker. Get your no, dirty mind out the gutter. Eject. <laughs> ah, Why do I still remember that song? Anyway, uh, but earlier, before we started streaming, uh, Elgarian and I started talking about some animated films. And we might get back into that in the RNG, and that'll be fun. Some Batman. But first, the disclaimer. 
The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort, a small one, to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or offensive language. And if you can't deal with it, that's also your issue. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership, my delicate snowflakes. Don't forget to check us out on the internet. Where else would you check us out, except in person? You can sit in my living room if you want. I'll talk at you. Uh, website legionmyth.tv, uh, youtube.com slash legionmyth, twitch.tv slash legionmyth, Facebook legionmyth, Twitter legionmyth. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know why you're here. We all have a purpose in life. And that purpose has drawn you to this time and this moment in Algarian Shroud of the Avatar update. Yay! I know I can't hear the theme music, so I'm going to pause for it and then just let me know when it's over. I think Lady from Empanino would be a good theme song for you. How much does it cost? I don't know. I want to do that happy feeling. I really liked that theme song. I don't think I don't think Elgarian did, but that's a good song. <laughs> and apparently YouTube didn't like it too much because the uh, the license holder was offended. All right. What? Onward, Elgarian, to the Shroud of the Avatar. Yes, Forsaken Virtues. I really need my slide because I don't know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> you sent me the slide. You had it before I did. Good job. <laughs> Pull up your slide, man. It's up. You got. You know, if you're looking at the on the Twitch stream, which you are. Yeah, everyone must wait 15 seconds for Elgarian to see 20? his own slide. Maybe we need to move to some system like we're all looking at the document the exact time in real time, like over Hangouts That'd or something. Awesome. We'll have to figure out how to do that. Yep. Mm. That's silly. All right, hit us up. So. Um, just a little bit of uh, updates to the game coming our way uh, that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, keys and locks. So lock picking coming our way. Uh, they've introduced uh, some, I guess, some tool sets for the developers to help them create locked doors and dungeons and adventure scenes more. So we should see a lot more of those concepts coming our way as well to use our lock picking skills. But of course, Keys drop in the game and acquiring these keys and keeping them in your inventory is kind of handy, but they're introducing a new mechanic to these keys, which I actually truly enjoy. So one of the things I was noticing as I'm finding these keys and I'm getting like 10 of one key, I put them on my vendor and people are actually buying these suckers. And I'm only selling them for 10 gold each, but I was like, huh. you know, I guess, yeah, if you were bringing like five people in on a an adventure scene and uh, you just want to make sure they don't get locked out ever. You just distribute keys so you don't get separate separated. Maybe, I don't know. Or, uh, or maybe they knew what was coming uh, because keys now have, or will have it with the release coming next week, have a chance to break. So I thought that was really cool. And what that also does is it introduces the concept of key economy. See, I don't, I don't think you need keys to be, to be part of the economy. I mean, if, if a key of yours breaks, I go to the guy I bought the key from, says, you give me another key, or I'm putting my axe to your face. 
Yeah, but that's how you actually obtain your keys is by putting your axe to monsters' faces through all these dungeons. So you have to acquire these keys through, uh, through adventure. Or if somebody else acquires it through adventure, they can sell it to somebody who just wants the key to go straight to that location. And that key better not break on me or I'm going to that vendor and I'm, I'm going to the Better Business Bureau. Hmm. Yeah, see, I don't offer warranties, so. All right, now about this lock picking thing, does that mean all of the stuff that you bought with real money people can now steal? So one thing that will never be stolen from you uh, in-game, anything that you've ever acquired uh, through pledge rewards or add-on store purchases, uh, will never be taken from you. So if you get killed in-game, yes, you know, some of your gear and equipment's up for grabs for the play, pers player who killed you, if you're flagged for PvP, mind you. Uh, and they can ransom it back to you. There's a mechanic in-game that allows them to ransom it to you for you to get some of your gear oh, wow. back. Yeah, I, I like that mechanic. Um, and But one thing that will never drop for them to pick up is uh, add-on store loot or uh, pledge reward loot. And it's understandable. People have spent significant amounts of uh, money on this stuff. And to keep in mind, most of it's just vanity stuff anyway. So, um, But, you know, let's say you're moving your house. <laughs> You've decided to move cities and you're completely overloaded with, you know, 10,000 items in your inventory and you're basically crawling from one location to the next and you get... Uh, I don't know, your PvP flag for some reason. and You forgot to unflag yourself. Yeah. Well, it would be really unfortunate that all that pledge reward stuff, like houses that you have in your inventory, which actually is worth a lot of money, um, you know, in-game gold and out-of-game gold, uh, gets stolen. So, no, you're protected in that regard. And uh, keep in mind, also, you have the ability in the game to uh, pick pockets, but also uh, pickpocketing uh, you, uh, your add-on gear and your uh, pledge reward gear is immune to that as well. Okay, well that's something. That is something. Yes. So key economy I thought would be interesting because now there will be a market for keys. It's just one more addition into the player base economy that's uh, you know coming our way. It's They're on the right track for making it a pretty robust system where everything is crafted or everything is provided by the player. Okay. So, traps and puzzles. So, also coming our way, uh, a slew of new types of traps um, scattered through dungeons and whatnot. So, pressure plates, anything from triggering other traps or secret doors or doors around you or other mechanics in the dungeon that would occur if you stepped on the pressure plate. And, of course, uh, we've played many a video game to know that pressure plates, if used creatively, can offer some pretty creative puzzles uh, to solve uh, in a dungeon. Well, I, I just want the Indiana Jones arrow shooters. That's what I need. Oh, heck yeah. Yep. And then uh, flame jets, of course, too. So uh, these type of things are coming our way, and this should make the, uh, the life in a dungeon just a little more interesting. Uh, I'm really curious to see how deadly they will be. Um, I'm hoping uh, considerably deadly. I'm hoping that uh, you can't just you know, muscle past everything and ignore it. I'm hoping that you have to disarm the traps if you have those abilities to benefit your party. Uh, it's really a lot to be said about this. They haven't really given us much information, so it's coming soon. Our first introduction into the mechanics, and I'm sure they'll get developed further and further as the game progresses. Well, that's interesting because 
I can only think of one MMO offhand that actually has traps in them that actually works like traps should. That's Dungeons and Dragons Online, where the traps can actually be pretty dang yes. deadly, and you you need yes, a they, rope. They can be. Yeah, on, 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 unless you uh, knew knew the trap was there and you have the proper resistance potion or whatever, or jump it or you know whatever, you have to disarm it or you're going to be hurt. Yes, that's so, really interesting. So the thief class is very viable in that game. Oh, oh yeah. yes, oh yes. I mean the the in, in fact uh, the the more difficult you make the dungeon, you know, you you up the difficulty, the the harder the traps are and the, and the more damage they do. So if if you're a minimum difficulty low level mission, you could probably must muscle through the one or two traps that are there. But there are there are some traps at the higher difficulty, higher level that if you don't have a thief in there, you're just not going to make it. Oh yeah, yeah. I really hope they put some thought and time into making these traps very puzzling to solve, uh, and also very deadly if you trip them by accident. But we'll, only time sh uh, will tell. But I have a feeling, just because of the nature of uh, this game and how it's developing, that that's going to be the goal: is to make them a very significant aspect of dungeon crawling. So up next, uh, they're introducing the first moving platform in the game, and with this, uh, they'll start introducing now that they have the mechanic. Uh, elevators and uh, there's already mining carts all through many of the uh, the mines uh, and sometimes when you double click on a mining cart lever to get it going you just suddenly appear somewhere else well now with moving platforms coming our way expect to be going for a ride again indiana jones arrow shooter style well now we can have indiana jones mining cart adventures Woohoo! Wow, so, it, it's it seems like there's a theme here and uh, <laughs> some, someone's a fanboy <laughs> i don't know i'm kind of liking it yeah, um, I've got high hopes. So they haven't released Blood Bay yet, and it's going to be coming to us very soon. And with the airship floating around Blood, Blood, Blood Bay as a uh, moving platform to conquer and possibly uh, hold and keep take advantage of having throughout the PvP adventure in that zone, um, I got high hopes for the concepts of moving platforms. You know, what is it about? games but when they introduce new mechanics to me it just like unlocks a whole bunch of stuff in my mind as to what new potential could be unleashed because of it yeah it's definitely pretty exciting that they can actually get that I, i'm just curious like so if the moving platform is going down blood bay which has hot magic zones and cold magic zones does is the platform going to be affected by those so suddenly all the mages that are on that platform suddenly their magic's really weak because it traveled over a weak magic zone and then it goes to the hot one, and suddenly they're like kicking ass. I don't know. I really hope so. Now that could, you know, create a very interesting situation. Like if you're, say, like in a stronghold of some evil villain, and all of you are forced to fight on this platform is going through different zones as you are trying to head to the boss. That could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, definitely some good, good uh, uh, potential. And then imagine if you couple it with pressure plates. You know, uh, you know, you may not even get the platform to move unless you place something on top of a pressure plate to get some of your party across to this one other area. They could really come up with some really interesting complex puzzles. Yeah, definitely. So of late in game, what I have been doing is what I've been committed to staying in multiplayer, and that's what I'm going to try to do from now on. Uh, I'll never go into single play mode again unless I'm just really in the mood to farm uh, materials for mining, which I haven't been doing in the last uh, two weeks. I've been exploring uh, every single adventure zone that I've been coming across 
I step inside, I look around, not so much if it's a clone scene, because chances are, unless it's a clone scene that I haven't seen that clone yet. But, um, and while I'm doing this, I'm loading locations that I've yet to have loaded into rpota.com. And in the last two weeks, I've loaded 48 new locations. And for each of those locations, I have to design up a, a description and of course link it to SodaWiki and link it to SodaMap. And, but all the descriptions I've been writing, uh, 750 characters or a little bit less thereabouts, um, they're all written in kind of, you know, uh, a role-playing style, you know, uh, in-character descriptions. And uh, so it's a little slow going. Uh, my mind's kind of mushy right now because of, uh, uh, I guess, really, if you think about it, I've only written 48 paragraphs, but, you know, it's, uh, they're long paragraphs. That's that's a respectable short story. Yeah, right, right. So here's an example, if you guys don't mind. I'll read one paragraph for you. This is the description for the town known as mud. That doesn't sound like it's going to be a whole lot of uh, descriptive words. <laughs> yeah. So uh, mud is on Norgard. It's the uh, the continent that's kind of the Viking uh, uh, area of the game. It's got its own continent up in the northwest of Novia. And uh, mud is past a swamp. Uh, and it's a, a uh, NPC town. So it's quest-based. It has uh, quests there. And here's the description. You've been reassigned to mud, are the words every Norgardian soldier least desires to hear. The revolting stench of swamp, onslaughts of thirsty mosquitoes, frequent draconian raids, disease, solitude, boredom. Mud is a figurative prison to those soldiers performing less than adequately. Fledgling foot soldiers endure their first rotation here, ensuring one fully understands the consequences for misbehavior. Although another reason to respect your Altogether, another reason to respect your chain of command. Travelers are most welcome in mud, surprisingly, for they bring stories and excitement to this otherwise lackluster Norgardian outpost. So bring ale and tales, my friends, for these Norgardians are starving for word of the outside world. So every location I visit, I write up a little thing like this. And keep in mind, a lot of these write-ups are just kind of based upon the concept of where it is, what's around it, uh, what's going on inside. They actually have very little to do with the true story of the location. A lot of it's just through assumption. Yes, there are soldiers in there. Yes, it's a very remote location. So yes, I kind of come up with these kind of generic concepts that will not negatively impact the story of the game, which is still being in development. Uh, I try not to create anything that would conflict with anything. And I don't think I did there. Um, so if anyone out there is... Uh, a little upset with some of the location descriptions I have, or they've learned something about that location that completely contradicts what I've written, just let me know. I'll be happy to change it. That's a nice description. It was very evocative. I liked it. It was, but I have a question. Why is it that, that Vikings uh, depicted in games and film, they always get the, the fuzzy end of the lollipop when it comes to where they live? That's because in real life, that's what happened to Vikings. You can't become so, a Viking if you live someplace nice. So is that why they, they conquer and pillage so much? Yes, that's part. Just to get out for a while. Haven't I told you this? This is part of Garthon's greater environmental theories. Oh, okay. Where a society comes from determines how aggressive they will be. For example, the Vikings come from someplace that no one would want to live at. To live there, you have to be tough as nails. But you also have to have enough resources to be able to go somewhere else and take their stuff. So, for example, and be dumb enough not to move. Well. Sometimes you're locked into an island. But, for example, the uh, 
the Yavapai and Havasupai Indians in Arizona, or Native Americans, uh, where they lived sucked, but they didn't have enough resources to go anywhere else, and it really caused problems for anyone. They were too busy to try and survive. The Vikings had sufficient resources to live and to expand, but it sucked bad enough there that it made them tough, and they wanted to leave and take out their race and other people. Whereas someplace like Hawaii had sufficient resources for them to expand, but it's really nice there. So they didn't go around raiding people, because why would you? You already live in Hawaii. Yeah, we don't want to tell people where we are. They might take our stuff. Exactly. And that's why the French and English were always beating each other up, because the weather equally sucks in both places. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Or let's call our, our island Iceland, so it'll scare people away, thinking that it's not nice. Exactly. And that was the nice one. Say Greenland. They go to Greenland. Well, hell, I'm not going to Iceland. I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah. Did you ever do the Thule trip, Elgarian? Yeah, two times. Yeah, that was nice. It was fun. It was definitely fun. Yeah, I went summer both times, so it was permanent daylight. Ah, no, you got to go to the winter trip where it's permanent darkness. (laughs) That's the best trip. That's the trip where you get polar bears wandering on base. If anyone's wondering where Thule is, imagine Alaska. The northern tip of Alaska kind of creeps barely above the Arctic Well, this is in Greenland, actually. Thule, Greenland. Right. Sorry. uh, But Thule, Greenland is way above the Arctic Circle. It's uh, it puts Alaska to shame. It's very cold. It's and very cold. And when we get, uh, yeah, and when we get uh, all daytime, we get all daytime. We get all nighttime. Definitely. What is it like a month of the sun not never rising? I think it's like two months of the sun never rising. It, like at the at noon, it gets bright, but you never see the sun. It never comes above the horizon. But in the winter trip is neat because you see the northern lights. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't a winter one. Yeah, it's really cool, but it is freaking cold. Anyway, enough about that. Let's go back to a mythical place. Yeah, the, this this release 38, all this stuff you're talking about, is this what's going to come up on January 26th? Yeah, a lot of the stuff is going to be popping in there. So um, keep an eye out for the, the official release of uh, tons of information about release 38. It'll be coming to us in the next couple of days. And then, of course... Um, we get to log in and experience it for ourselves uh, come that day. Which What is that day? Might have to take off from that, work. That, that is the... seven days from now. That is Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry, five days from now. Yes, it's Thursday. Well, my question about that is, is there a test server or anything, or is this just going to be uploaded to the main server? Yeah, we do have a test server. And in fact, this stuff's already live in the test server. Okay, just curious. And usually there is a test server. I was just curious. Yeah, that's a whole different ball of wax. Uh, I've been debating. Maybe when I get my new system, I'll install the test client as well and peek at stuff uh, here and there. Um, I really am uh, kind of hooked on my uh, my persistent character, though. That's always the thing about to me with test servers. Like you need a separate character. Sometimes you could transfer over, but it's a whole different ball of wax. And so, what if you get attached to your test server character? Then you're on the yeah, test server all the time. That, that thing changes all the time. I know. And so you yeah. and sometimes they might roll. Like, oh, no, we're rolling everything back for the last three weeks. You're like, no. Oh, yeah. They get wiped all the time. Yeah, they get wiped all the time at test servers. All games but, you know, have wiped their test server from time to time. It's just a, uh, sorry, dude's got to wipe the test server. Everyone's like, wait, that's my primary. It's like, well, it's a test server for a reason. Well, that, that was dumb for you to make it primary. You should not do that ever again. Wipe. <laughs> Uh. 
that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you very much, Elgarian. That was informative and entertaining. And I feel that we're all better people for having listened to it. A little bit, I have to admit. Makes me feel warm inside. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, that's some pretty exciting stuff coming up for Shroud of the Avatar. And as always, if you appreciate the Shroud of the Avatar update, let us know. Uh, Drop a comment. Drop a little line to us, maybe on the Twitters, maybe on the Facebooks. Let us know what you think and tell us that you demand more Elgarian, and it will happen. I can't guarantee that only he can, but I'm guaranteeing it right here. So up next, gather round and I shall tell you a tale. A tale of a heathen dog and his enemy on the stream. Anime on the street. Thank you very much. That is what we are. Yay. See, you got a theme song now. No. No. No, (laughs) Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, man. Sorry, man. Kenny Rogers. Have you seen them now? Have you seen what what Kenny Rogers looks like now? Oh, they both look like wonderful science freaks now. Yes, they do. They look like they've been Frankenstein. (laughs) They they look like, oh, what was that that race on... uh, Voyage, Star Trek Voyager, who like their skin was falling off. They had like harvest skin from other people, and or- they had harvest oh, the, organs the, the for other people. Yeah, that's what they look the like. Vidians. They yes. look like VDNs. Yes, they do. <laughs> Vidian, Vidian sick, sickness. But, okay, never mind. Country legends, right, my uh, friends. That's right. Come on, Kenny Ladies Rogers. Gentlemen. Have you ever Stop had it. Kenny Rogers roasters? Stop it. It's good chicken. Not lying. It's good. I miss that. Place. Great. Today we are going to uh, we're going to critique uh, three uh, series of anime that are uh, that are available to you on Netflix and or Hulu, and we're I'm going to talk about uh, um, a little bit of the origin, some of the uh, the main story arc perhaps, and then one little spoiler in there just to whet your appetite. That's going to be fun. I like having a wet appetite. There you go. The first anime we have right here is uh, Blue Exorcist. I got I got no comment. I could make one. But I'm not going to. Okay, thanks. No, I just say I was just like <laughs> as opposed to like a a black exorcist or a white exorcist. They're not blue though. They're white people. Maybe sure. they're sad. No, no, they're, they're they're okay. They have blue eyes. Let, let me get into it. I'll tell you. Let me get into it. I'll tell you. Okay, uh, this uh this anime was uh, uh the the. the the studio is A1 Pictures, licensed by Madman Entertainment and Aniplex of America. Aniplex. Exactly. I love that. I don't know why. I don't know why. I really find that so. I love that too. I know, I don't know right? why. Yeah, so. and and uh, it was actually for for a while. It was on Adult Swim, Toonami, and it it aired from uh, April 17, 2011, to October 2nd, 2011, for a total of 25 episodes, plus uh, an OVA. Uh, uh, Non non canonical uh, small movie. What did OVA originally stand for? I'm trying to remember. I original can't... video animation. That was it. There you go. There you go. It was a, originally it. it was a direct to video thing, mainly uh, directed at hardcore fans. Right. Exactly. And like I said, it's considered non canonical because it doesn't exactly follow the storyline. It's more of a did uh, different writer wanted to take a slightly different approach that he thought might might catch on, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But it, it, it's it's fun anyway. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the actual series. Now, uh, this uh, this all revolves around uh, two brothers who are who are listed, who are you know you see them 
in the in the slide. One of and both of them are the sons of Satan. Hmm. Oh. One of yeah. One one of them uh in, in, inherited his father's powers. Guess which one? I'm guessing the one on top with the uh the power coming out of him, the the pointy ears and the big sword. Yeah, and the other completely human. I guess now, that's why he has a gun. Yes, that's right. Now, that is the great equalizer. Uh, in, in this world, uh, Satan and demons and devils are known, have been known for a while, and and they have the, 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 the church-run exorcist faction to deal with them. So that n- normal humans trained in, uh, in uh, Buddhist rituals, Taoist rituals, stuff like that, to, to deal with you know, ghosts and demons and devils and spirits and stuff like that to, to keep the people safe. Right. right now uh the 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 human brother is the i would say older brother but it they, they don't really get into specifics who was born first but he acts like the well he, he's the serious one because he's he's always had to watch out for his 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 twin because his twin has always been as you would imagine uh has a fiery personality duh they're they're, they're really on the nose with that with anime uh has a fire personality. He constantly gets in fights. He's got a good heart, but he never thinks anything through. So his brother had to compensate, be constantly the cool one, constantly in control to, to make sure that his brother didn't get into too much trouble. Now he, he became an exorcist a while ago and his, uh, his, his brother, the, the one that got the, I should probably tell you their name. Shouldn't I? Eh, I don't, I don't remember most people's names. Oh, all right. Well, never mind. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to, I'm going to, I, See, uh, uh, I have notes, but every time I hold down my, my talk to push, it moves my notes across the screen. <laughs> so it gets all jumbled, and now i got to find it. Hang on. We could always give them names. I'm going for Akira and Shiro. I'm going pointy for the ear guy. And... Uh, four eyes, the glasses guy. All right, how about how about we go with uh, uh, Devilman and uh, Human? How about now? How about uh, uh, Akamura Rin for the the one who who uh, developed the Satan powers? And oh, I was Akamura... guessing Akira. I was close. No, no, Akamura Yukio, the the one who did not, who who became an exorcist at an early age. Now, uh. Uh, in in the series, uh, Rin's power, his his uh, his his father's inherited uh, blue flame, which is which is indicative of Satan. No other demon or devil has the power of blue flame, which is the strongest flame. Was were sealed uh, right after he was born uh, in a, in a in an ancient sword, and as long as that sword was not unsheathed, his power was locked in it. So he didn't exhibit any demon powers. So he, for 15 years, he went through a relatively normal life, except, you know, being rash and pigheaded and quick to anger. But, you know, some normal people are like that, too. So pfft, there you go. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Now, uh, he, uh, both, both of these kids were, were adopted by an, by an exorcist who, who uh, um, uh, was, was the first exorcist to find their mother, who was being tracked down because... The, the church realized something was going on with her and she's getting a little too chummy chummy with spirits and you're not supposed to draw, you're not supposed to cross that line, this fraternization line. Well, it turns out she wasn't just chummy chummy with spirits. She was chummy chummy with Satan. Well, everyone and, needs a hobby. 
Yeah, everyone needs a hobby. Well, this is a bad hobby because the the, the, the birth of, uh, of, the, of these two sons of Satan uh, drained her body of all her life and she died. So the exorcist that, that found these kids um, had the uh, had the, the power sealed away and took them as his own, adopted them and, and, and raised them in his in his church. And like I said, that went on for 15 years and he's he's fine. Well, fine, fine as you can be being, you know, a borderline delinquent. Great. And then one and one day, uh, the, uh, the the brothers are, are visiting the, the, the church and uh, uh, the, their father, quote unquote father, uh, for some somehow was possessed by Satan and killed all, all bunch of people in the church. Uh, spouting some 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 nonsense about the about the the new world order or some other not nonsense crap like that. Now the the problem with being possessed by Satan is you don't last very long because human human bodies can't actually contain his power. So so uh, he was he was uh, that he died from it. And this this released uh, mm, a lot of anger in Ren, as you can imagine. Yeah, naturally. He's, he's already an angry boy, but. Uh, it, yeah, uh, after the events that led to the death of Shiro, uh, their, their their father, at the hands of Satan, uh, he actually attempted to drag Rin into the demon realm, Gehenna. And no one knew why, but uh, um, he was he was able to 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 get the sword from the the the, the, per, the person who sealed his powers in the sword was a is is Mephisto. He's a he's a demon, but he works with the humans to help train exorcists well mephisto got him his got him his sword back he drew the sword he was able to to beat back satan enough to where he would banish him from the realm well from then on his power could no longer be uh, be hidden everyone knew it and there was a big discussion on on how, how to deal with him he's the son of satan everyone knows that now um they're not they're not too worried uh, they're not too worried about the other brother because he he's he gets tested every day at his own insistence and he always comes up human but uh, what to do with a with a kid with a bad attitude that has the power of Satan? Well, a little under half of, of the of the council uh, wanted to just execute him. Just you know, don't don't take the chance. Nuke him from orbit. Got to be sure. You know, stuff like that. But uh, with with Mephisto and a couple other people swaying their opinion, they decided, well, it's best to actually train him to be an exorcist. So maybe we can use we can use Satan's power against him. And if that doesn't work out, then we'll kill him. And they were like, mm, all right. So then, then uh, his his arc of of uh, exorcist and training commences. Now, what I really like about this anime is not uh, the 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 main character or his brother <laughs> or or his friends he picks up along the way. It is the actual character of Satan because uh, in, instead of just generic bad guy, they actually give him a personality short-term goals, long-term goals, and and the idea that Satan is misunderstood is kind of is kind of rocked is kind of rolled into there. You know, I mean sure he's not a great guy, but you wouldn't be if if, if you were banished to the basement for a billion years. And because at the beginning of the thing like how, what the heck did Satan say to these kids mom to give Satan the green light to go ahead and, and pump some babies into me? What the heck? Did, I mean, he's got to be the best salesman in the world. Well, you know, traditionally he is kind of shown as being that, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of depictions of Satan. Uh, I like the one in Supernatural 
uh, the, the, um, the, the part where Satan, he never lies. To convince you to do something, convince you to say yes, to convince you to say no, to convince you to do what he wants, he'll just tell you what he believes is right, never lying at all, but framing his answers and his own questions to walk you to where he wants you to be. And that's kind of how they did it in this one, but you, you find out that he, he doesn't want the destruction of the world. He doesn't want to take it over. He wants something else entirely. And humans just don't get it. And I'm 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 not gonna I'm I'm not gonna you know ruin Satan's endgame in this one. But uh, at at the end of it, you're like, wow, you know, I, you know, at the beginning of this thing, I th I thought that Satan was you know the the universe's biggest d bag. Toward the middle of it, I was unsure, and now, well, I still don't like him that much, but he's got a point. And now <laughs> and now I get why Rin and and Yukio's mom, you know, greenlit this adventure. I get it now. Well, also, you know, girls like jerks, and maybe Satan's the biggest jerk. She's like, oh, yeah, look at your biceps, though. So, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if, if he was a human, he'd have a muscle car and, you know. You know he, he I would, thought he'd have a really cool van. No, no, no. He would definitely have a, a, a muscle car, a le leather jacket. He'd smoke, you know. Why are you only, describing only to me? make him look cool. Why are you describing <laughs> me back when I was in the Air Force? Stop. It's true though. It's true. That, you know, be, he'd be a little better looking than you. Well, he'd have to be. Yeah, I'm not saying you know. I'm not saying you're not you're not an attractive guy. I'm just saying that Satan's got it. Got all the bases covered. I think you're sexy too, baby. Thank you. Plus, think of think of this kind of Satan as only hitting on high school girls. And that's eh, a little wrong. Yeah, it's a little wrong. But you know, he he wants he wants he wants to get this plan in action. So that's what he does. So that. Uh, the, the the main story is supposedly Rin uh, getting getting used to the idea of being the son of Satan, having Satan's power, being initially ostracized by everyone, having the sword of Damocles hanging over him every second. If he screws up, he, someone just might come and kill him. And, you know, him overcoming all of that, getting friends, be, becoming a force for good. No. What I believe is the real storyline is, is, the, is the viewer understanding Satan as not, not just an antagonist, but another character in the story, which I found just really compelling. Yeah, that does sound pretty neat. And of course, it's on the presentation, but it sounds like it could be really interesting. I thought so. All right, you ready to go to the next one? Well, anyway, tell us, uh, did you like this? I did, I did. Uh, it, it was a... Uh, the... Uh, the uh, it's a little childish. It's it, it's not for uh, young adults or adults. It's it's for you know ad, uh, adolescent and pre-adolescent children. Uh, there is no nudity. There 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 is no. Uh, uh, there's very little re relationship storylines, and there there's there's definitely no no adult situations uh, storylines in this whole thing. Uh, and for for an adult, you know you you may you may want to have uh, that little dose of realism in there. But it was heavy in action, and the the, the the two overall overall main arcs really kept me in there, and were really interesting to me. So I, I enjoyed it. All right, and would you who would you recommend this to? I would if if you like say Dragon Ball Z or Naruto, you are you are definitely gonna gonna like Blue Exorcist. All right, sounds cool. Uh, next. 
We are going to talk about, looks like, Psychopath. Yes, Psychopath. Now, this is for the more discerning viewer. All right, this is uh, this is more much more adult oriented. Now it has it has sexual situations, but they're all in context. Uh, now uh, um, this is only available. I believe it's only available on Hulu. Hang on, let me check. Yes, it is only available on Hulu. But uh, I forgot. I think I neglected to mention uh, Blue Exorcist is available on Hulu and Netflix. Quick question about Blue Exorcist, uh, sorry to jump back. Uh, I linked three versions of it. You have Blue Exorcist, the, I guess, a movie. Uh, you have Blue Exorcist, the, Kyoto, the Kyoto Saga, and then you have Blue Exorcist, the, That's the, new the series. One. Yes, the, the the series, and then the, the uh, Kyoto Saga is not exactly a uh, second season because they changed some stuff from the end of the first. So it doesn't exactly follow the storyline, which is why I didn't I didn't bring it up. Okay, so because, which you were re reviewing the series, correct? Yes, I was reviewing this this series. Yes. Okay, good. All right, now, uh, Psychopaths. Uh, studio is production IG, licensed by Madman Entertainment and Funimation, which you know I like because Funimation also brought us a lot of other nice titles. Uh, the original run was from October 12, two thousand twelve, to March twenty second, two thousand thirteen. Twenty two episodes. Now this is in a is in a, a near future in Japan where they have instituted uh, not not mind reading but uh, they they have instituted technology that is able to take a snapshot of your mental state and think of uh, Great Britain where they put cameras everywhere well they, they they put these things everywhere you you step out in the street outside your home you're you're going to get your your mental state assessed and if you're above a certain number you're considered a latent criminal and you get put away. Hmm. You didn't do anything yet, but you are considered a threat because you have, you have a possibility of, of committing a crime. Because your mental state says that, well, criminals have this mental state and you're there. Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, this, this brought about immediate benefits. And that's, that's why the people liked it so much. The immediate benefits were obviously uh, random crime dropped to all but nothing. Because pe people who are who are who are going to get emotional and and you know murder someone or punch somebody, they were caught before that happened. The, the moment the moment they walked outside, they took a picture. Oh crap! He's above he's above one twenty. He's now considered a latent criminal. Fair enough. Yeah, and uh, the 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 not so great part of it is that it created so much anxiety in people that over that uh, that prescription drugs. For for antidepressives, uh, mood stabilizers, shot through the roof because people people were so afraid that their that their state was going to go to uh, to a latent criminal that a lot of them crept up throughout the weeks to a latent criminal, oh, unless geez. unless they heavily medicated themselves. But this this did not the this they have really good drugs in the in the in the near future, so this this didn't affect uh, workforce productivity or anything like that. So people let it slide. Now, uh, as you see in, in my slide, there are people with guns. Well, in a war like this, what do you need guns for? Well, when a latent criminal is detected, they, ha they have a special police force to come and take care of it, comprising of two types of people, officers and enforcers. Officers are people who are not latent criminals, who are who, who's, uh, who's, uh, um, uh, uh, emotional score is within the range of normal. 
and people who are latent criminals or actually, you know, have been proven to be criminals rather than be locked away for the rest of their lives. They have a choice if they have the skill set to become enforcers. Now, the reason they have this is because people who uh, kill people, even cops who, who kill people on the job, they have they have to have psychological evaluation after that. And you do that enough and you will become a latent criminal. As, as you know, for, for the for the computer. So they have the enforcers to to enforce the judgment of the officers. So the officer's brain stays clean. Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. And the, the weapons they're holding in their hand are called dominators. Dominators have three different modes of attack. Subdue. That's if that's if a, a person is just at latent criminal or or higher. It, it, it's a it's a stun shot. It fires them and it fires and it's basically like a, like a trank gun. It puts them unconscious because they have the possibility of getting treatment to lower their their psychopath score again and function in society. And then then there are just criminals, and that's a that's a kill shot. I mean, you shoot and the dominator blows you up. It turns you into chunky salsa. And then there's the uh, I forget I forget the mode it was called, but it's basically disintegration mode, where if uh, uh, a car or a robot or you need to get through a wall you can activate disintegration mode and and blow that thing or open that hole in the wall whatever you need and the, the these, these dominators can only be held by licensed people the officers or enforcers and uh, uh an officer's gun is never locked on an enforcer the, he, uh, he or she does not need permission to kill an enforcer at any time and the enforcers know this so if they try to run, if, if, they, if they try to fight back, if they point their gun at an officer, that gun will lock, just lock up. And the, and the, the officer will be, will be notified that, hey, the enforcer just tried to shoot you in the back. And then the officer will turn around and shoot the enforcer in the face. So they are dogs on a leash, but they're useful dogs because they, they know the criminal mind better than someone who doesn't have that latent criminality. Okay. Okay. Now this this whole story is uh, is based around two. The, the first season is based around two main characters. Uh, Sunomori Akane, uh, the twenty one year old uh, main main protagonist, lead character to the newly assigned inspector officer of Unit One, and she is the uh, and the slide. She is the second character from the left. She's the girl. She's a brand new, brand new, a brand new inspector. Brought brought on the force. The very first, uh, very first episode is her first day. And the secondary character is Kogame Shinya. He is the he's the uh, first character on the left. He is the the primary enforcer. He's not the oldest enforcer, not the most experienced, but he's the most effective. He's just got got a natural knack for hunting down and killing bad guys. He's just really good at it. Now the 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 story, uh, the main arc is uh, kind of handed off, kind of like a, a a game of tennis with with these two characters. Uh, Akane's growth as an inspector, and Shinya's growth, and uh, as a as an enforcer, and then it it really delves into his backstory on why his his rating went so high. And at the end of the series, he gets he gets a uh, kind of like revenge. 
on the on the on on the on the person that that caused his rating to go into an in, incurable zone. Ah. So that's nice. Uh, uh, a spoiler I'll give to this one to whet the appetite. Well, I don't think I can really. Oh yes, I can. Uh, the uh, the uh, dominators are governed governed by a uh, a system uh, that. It's a, they, they say in the beginning of, of the anime series that it's a giant mainframe with data from hundreds of thousands of different people. That's why it's able to, uh, to, uh, to so quickly analyze a person and rate their, their, uh, their um, emotional state. And people believe that. That's a lie. No computer in the world can do that. What the system actually is, is people. <gasps> human well. brains, human brains network together to give the, to give the proper processing power and discernitive abilities. A, a computer cannot discern emotion. I call bullshit on the first episode. Because I, I, I saw all the other robots they had run around and they were like, they were like, 15 stages under under uh twiggy from uh buck rogers beat, beat, beat. exactly that was worse than him so hmm. like i i'm i'm calling bs on this and it was true they're they're human minds network together to give the proper processing power and discernitive ability to actually gauge another being's human emotion it's kind you of remember gross. the one the one episode of buck rogers they had the female twiggy yes oh God, yeah, <laughs> booty, booty. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 right there, to to me, uh, I, it was kind of obvious. But uh, my, my my wife was watching it too, and, and she she didn't uh, she didn't get it. She she was following the storyline along with uh with the with the uh, with the young inspector. And when she finds out about this, she's torn because uh, the, the the system is approved by the people. It's now law. Sure, the people don't don't know that the system is people, but it's it's not like they're using just random homeless folk they're picking up off the street. No, no, the, the, these were people sentenced to death. The, the, you know, like the 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 reason that 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 Shinya is so good at sniffing out bad guys is the same reason that the system is 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 so good at assessing bad guys because they're made of it's made of bad guys. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so the the the, the system is lawful. And she made an oath to protect it, but it's also horrible and monstrous. And she has a duty to the people to protect them from it. So toward the toward the latter latter third of the series, she has that internal struggle, which really grows her as a character. I really like that. Yeah, there would definitely be something you that you'd have. Struggle to find a clear answer on what to do about. Yes, yes. I mean, the the whole the whole ethical dilemma is is uh, mind-boggling. It's especially when you hit when you, when you smack that into someone who truly believes that the law works, truly believes that the system works, and then then you hit them with this, and they're like rocked. It works, but it's not exactly good. Yeah, but it's legal. And she has to uphold the law. So, how does that work? And oh, and and as 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 another minor spoiler, um, that that is her main personality trait that allows her 
to to continue in this job, uh, even though people people cycle out of of, of of inspector for the for the for the police very frequently because they, even though the enforcers are doing all the dirty work, their their psychopath still creeps up over the over the weeks and months still creep up creep up so so they cycle out before they're close enough to get in trouble but hers doesn't no matter what horrible thing she sees it doesn't it stays stable that's interesting yeah and uh her her uh her view of the law it gets explained i'm not going to do that but it it gets explained is 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 uh, integral to to keeping keeping her psychopath stable all right. Uh, now, this this anime is uh, is like I said, it's it's for adult viewers. Sure, sounds like it. Anytime yeah. you're networking brains, you know. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it has it has a, a very adult situations. Uh, it, it, it doesn't show any any nudity on Hulu, but there there's there's, there's definitely sex happening off screen and and uh, adult relationships and adult situations and all all that good stuff. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it for for a young person at all. Um, it's a, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a cyberpunk crime fiction story set, set in a dystopian near future. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. I, I mean, yeah. Alika draws some parallels between this and, uh, minority report kind of seems like, except, instead of then, instead of like future crime, it's, you know, right. personality crime. We know what you're going to exactly, do. Exactly. 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 They, they don't know what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, but they know you're going to do something, so we'll just throw you away just for that. Right. So it's even worse, really. Right, and, and I mean, that is true, because you don't like, oh, you're going to commit yeah. this murder at this time. It's, you're doing something, so you're going to jail. Yeah, yeah, you're going to you're gonna do something bad, so we're just going to we're just gonna take you out of society, because that's, you know, suck it. You yeah. should make anyone who cares about so. personal liberty just, you know, foam at the mouth, saying, how could this happen? Exactly. Now, uh, um, what what uh, what anime viewer would would like this series? Well, if you liked Death Note, if you've seen Death Note and you said, "Yeah, that's my jam," you'll probably like you probably like like Psychopaths as well. There's a live action of that coming out soon. There is, there is, and there's also a live action movie of my next anime, Attack on Titan. Parasite. No, Parasite. <laughs> Attack on Titan. Yeah. Well, that's coming. It is. There that's already is a Japanese live action. They're making a uh, American live action. I was just looking uh, at Attack on Titan on IMDb. It's ranked very high. It should be. It's it's an excellent... Uh, Max Liao doesn't like it, but he doesn't like things that are good, so... You know. If you don't like the anime, you probably wouldn't like it. But it is a good series. No, yeah, it is. Okay, now Parasite. Uh, this the studio is Madhouse Studios, uh, licensed by uh, uh, Hanabi and Sentai Filmworks, and Animatsu Entertainment. Uh, the English network was Animax of Asia, and also appeared on Adult Swim. I've never heard of this uh, series. It, I know it. It didn't. It didn't appear for very long. Uh, original uh, run was October 9, two thousand fourteen, to March twenty six, two thousand fifteen, for a total of twenty four episodes. Now the uh, um, this is this is a pretty pretty. Uh, I th- I thought it was funny. I mean to to you know get don't get me wrong. It's it has its it has its uh, funny funny elements. Um, 
Hang on, let, let, me, let, me, let me fix my notes so I can give you the name of the main character. It's pretty hilarious. Bloody Room Squidhead? Nope. Uh, Izumi Shinichi is the protagonist of this, uh, of this uh, anime. Uh, he's a compassionate high school boy who is, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to navigate his way into manhood. He's not very, he's, he's, he's 17. Great. But, uh, he's not, he's not a man yet. You know, he doesn't have any, any, any traits of an adult person yet. And one, one night he falls asleep. You know, he didn't know that he had a, he had his mouse cord wrapped around his, his arm, like a, like a heroin addict right, right, right before they, try to shoot up uh that very night aliens invaded the earth little tiny spores from space come floating down they they come in contact with your skin and they crawl through your body into your brain and take you over well the one that was unlucky enough to hit uh to hit uh, izumi went into his arm tried to crawl to his brain got stopped at his got stopped at his elbow because there was an obstruction and apparently it can't jump out then jump back in over the over the mouse court and it couldn't get out so it had to infect his hand and, okay yes and uh and uh, um the, our protagonist uh, uh, izumi calls it migi which is also uh named which is also righty because it's in his right hand that makes sense now uh th- these are these are the aliens okay the their whole thing was they they come to earth infect a human host and start eating people because they apparently love the way people taste. Who doesn't? Uh, I know. Right. And, uh, their, their defining characteristic is, uh, survival is number one and they have no emotion, just logic. Well, righty has to, has to handle the whole logic of being trapped because one, 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 once they enter a person that they, they can't leave without dying, and so he's trapped in the right hand, not the brain. So he, ha- he has control of the right hand and the right arm, but no, nothing else of the, of the rest of the body. So now, since survival is number one, he has to befriend Izumi to, to ensure his survival. So he does. But Iz- Izumi freaks out, obviously. My, my right hand is now a monster. And, uh, and tries to go to... Um, to tell someone, well, righty decides that, well, now, now threats are the way to go and says, no, if you do that, I'll kill your family. Okay. So now we're at a stalemate. So they, they create a detente. Now throughout the series, uh, it's, uh, there, there are, there are two main, two main story arcs. One, uh, Izumi wants to help people by killing these other these aliens who have successfully successfully taken over humans because they're eating people humans don't like it when aliens eat other humans they want to, they want to tell somebody but he can't because because right he won't let him because then they would because the authorities would know about him and kill him well the other the other part of it is 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 Miggy understanding that well the other aliens when I'm close enough to them, we can sense each other. And if, if they sense that I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a failed, uh, I'm a, I'm a failed symbiote. They're going to kill me because I'm a, I'm a weakness to the species. Again, it's survival. So it, it, it goes off 
uh, Izumi uh, trying to stop these aliens, Miki trying to stop him doing that, and like, oh crap, Izumi, you did it again. Now he's seen me, and now they have to fight. Well, Miki's personality throughout the series changes, and I, I find that really interesting because uh, none none of the other of the other aliens who have successfully taken over uh, their host completely have this kind of shift only because he, he has to coexist with the human. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say if emotions rub off on him, but he gets more human like, and toward the end of the, of the series, he's not as reticent to go and, and hunt down these, these aliens that are eating people because uh, Mickey d- doesn't have to eat people because uh, he, he's nourished by, but by, by, by the food that, um, that uh, that Izumi eats. Well, then why aren't why aren't all the other ones? You know. Yeah, that's kind of the question. Why can I really exactly? Thing? I you know, you know that that's that's kind of a hole that I had. Well, the 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 other uh, once you take over the brain, your physiology changes, and you can only eat humans now. Okay, whatever. I'll, I'll let that pass. You know, that 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 that's 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 one black mark on an otherwise fun fun uh, series. I'm sure there's some reason for it in there that they'll come up with. Well, you know. They uh, they once you infect well once you uh infect the uh, the brain you actually uh have disturbed the uh, digestive system of the host so much that you no longer can uh sustain from that. Yeah, eat eat food. You have to eat humans now. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the only that's way. That's it. Perfect. Yeah, logic. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I I I just I I was able to just lay it down and continue watching. Now I, I would classify this uh, this as a psychological thriller and a minor horror because there are tons of graphic violence and the monsters that are, that that are, that are scary are legit scary. I mean, in the very first episode, this this husband is fully taken over by by one of these things, and the wife comes like, "Oh, honey, are you okay?" The husband turns around, his face splits apart into a giant mouth, and then eats her head. Uh, Yowza. Yeah. So if you like monster movies, if you like graphic, like Friday the 13th and Freddy level violence, this one's for you. You're gonna it seems they've made uh, live action versions yes. of this. Yes, they have. And it is it is not as gruesome as the as the anime, but it's pretty freaky. I mean, I, I haven't watched all of it. I, I've, I've only seen certain scenes. But they do a fair job of of of, of approximating the, uh, the the monsters uh inhuman abilities. So you know, I I thought that I thought that was nice. So that was I thought it was pretty good. Out of out of animes that that uh, out of movies that were based on animes, it's it's one it's one of the best that I've that I've that I've seen. I'll give it that. But uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm not too fan of the gore stuff though. I don't know if it'd be something for me, but well, no, probably not. Like, like I said, if if you're into the supernatural monster horror gore type thing, then this one is exactly your alley. I mean, this is a strike down your bowling alley. That's where this is going. But if you're not, if you're if 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 you're just not into horror movies or or not into overly bloody Tarantino-esque type type scenes, then no, this is probably you might want to pass on this one. I have a delicate constitution, but then definitely pass. All right. So, and, uh, what do you think about right. this one? You you recommend it for? Well, you said you recommend people have that kind of uh, preference or predilection. 
Right, right. And uh, well, what see, got you I, interested I'm, in I'm watching this one in the first place? Well, I, it was it was in my recommended for you for Hulu. I mean, yeah, because this is a again, this one is only available on Hulu. And so I clicked on it, and the very first scene where the husband ate the wife, when, when his his head split open and morphed into a giant alien mouth, it reminded me instantly of uh, uh, Carpenter's The Thing from the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. John, John, uh, John, John Carpenter. Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, it instantly reminded me of that, and I love that movie. So that hooked me right there. Personally, that was my hook. All right, cool. Do you anything else you would like to add? Uh, no, that's it. Um, I hope you, uh, I hope you watch a, at least one of these. Uh, at least remember, give it at least three episodes. Give every series, whether it be anime or not, three episodes to hook you. If if it if you don't like it by three episodes, gladly move on to something else. But hey, guys, give it a shot. You're not gonna be you're not gonna be ashamed. Give it a shot. It's gonna end up uh, it's gonna end up uh, solid for you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Heathen Dog. Uh, as always, you can check out Heathen Dog's uh, anime on the stream. And, uh, well, right now it's Earth uh, Shadowrun lore reviews here on the Leisure with Weekly Livestream. You can also check out Heathen Dog's incredibly entertaining Star Trek online streams where you see the amazing adventures of Fats McCool and his intrepid crew of, I won't say misfits, because they're all starting to fit in pretty well, I'd say. Yes. Yes. And uh, uh, this this next this upcoming episode Monday at all the streaming at 11 a.m. Central, uh, he will make captain. So tune in for that, because it's been 13 episodes to, to captain uh, 13 hours and 30 minutes of gameplay from level one to 30. And it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a landmark episode. Lots of drama. Don't miss it. We were Wait, talking about the. You're just now making captain. Well, I, I was placed as temporary as acting captain of my ship. Oh, okay. that makes my, sense. My oh, actual right. rank still had to go up. Well, they're they're in war with the Kleon, so so uh, apparently bridge officers are at a are at a rarity since they keep getting blown up by angry Klingons. But giant so, starships are in a surplus. Oh no, you can crank those out. You know, twelve a day. <laughs> Course. It's just put well, bridge crews come on. on. All you gotta do is oh. get a ship-sized replicator and just start cranking them out. Wank, wank, wank. You know. Duh. But people are hard to train. Yeah, well, actually, that's that's actually true with modern businesses when you think about it. You know, equipment's cheap. Training personnel and keeping them's hard. Yeah, that's true. Which is so why I, they want to replace people with machines every time they can. My admiral decided I had talent, and my, my my best the best way to grow my talent was OJT on the job training. And my God, I have excelled. I thought it was going to be OBT on the bridge training. No, no, no. I, I do ground combat, too. Oh, that's I, right. You do. I, I own everywhere, baby. The McCool owns all. He only knows how to win. <laughs> Except that time he died during Friday, Friday the 13th story. But that's a side story, not part of main continuity, so it didn't matter. Exactly. That is non-canonical. Stop it. That's and right. There, there, there was one episode that it was... That it was, was fanfic. It was yeah exactly it was it was written into into the episode that you had to blow up to continue the storyline so that didn't count either. It was part of a time loop. Even John exactly. Picard blew, got blown up in time loops. Exactly, he got blown up like eighteen times in one episode and he got out of it. He's fine. Data had to send himself a message and stuff. Yep, I didn't even have to do that. I just fixed it. <laughs> All right, well thank you very much, Ethan Dog, for your insights. 
You're welcome. As always, I'm glad to be here. And as always, we're all glad that you were here as well. So next up, ladies and gentlemen, where does that leave us? It leaves us at everyone's uh, maybe favorite segment. It is... Yes, Garthon's comic poll, where Garthon pulls three comics and tells you about them. That way you don't have to form an opinion of them. You want to talk to your friends, they're like, well, I don't think this movie coming out is going to be pretty cool. And you could say, well, I heard a Garthon's comic poll that that is completely unlike the book. And then you could be smart. Smart like me, my friends. But since you'll be smart like me and you put together, you'll be even smarter. Amazing. Uh, first book we're going to talk about today is Dr. Aphra, number three. Yes, a Star Wars comic, because unlike what some people think, I do like Star Wars. Not as much as Star Trek, but um, Dr. Aphra was uh, Darth Vader's somewhat unwilling sidekick in the Darth Vader comic series that wrapped up a while ago, which was probably the best comic series of last year, if you had to ask me. I really liked it. And we all know that because you uh, you reviewed it a while back. I did. Excellent series. Um, but Dr. Aphra, um, presumed dead uh, by Darth Vader at the end of that, actually survived with the blessing of the Emperor, with the Emperor kind of saying, ha ha ha, I own you now. And she, she said, well, call me if you need me. He went, oh, I will, because I'm dark and emperorish. Anyways, not exactly like that. It was they like, had plans and stuff. Yeah, not nicer than that. It was more cool than how I said it. But anyway... Dr. Aphra is, think evil Indiana Jones. Uh, she is an archaeologist. She goes in, finds ancient hidden artifacts, and then sells them to the highest bidder. So she's kind of Indiana Jones villain, really. Um, but she's also highly intelligent, highly resourceful, um, has somewhat loose morals, but she does have her limits. Uh, she won't kill in cold blood. So, so, oh, okay. I, I was gonna say she's like, in, she's like Indiana Jones and Han Solo before Episode Four, but then you said didn't kill in cold blood, so that ruined that. Well, Han Solo never killed in cold blood. Greedo had a weapon on him. Fair. Okay, then yeah. Yeah, if someone had a weapon on her, she'd have no problem killing them. Well, the thing is, actually, she will kill someone who's unarmed and has their back to her, but she won't torture them first. Okay, that's that's a little darker. Like in uh, like in this issue. Uh, what's currently happening in the storyline is that her father, who is also an archaeologist, is obsessed with uh, some ancient Jedi myth about this group of heretical Jedi who disappeared in this great flash of light during a during a massive ship combat with the rest of the Jedi Order. And his personal theory is that they ascended through their through their beliefs that he's trying to find. Uh, he's trying to find evidence of where they've gone, uh, if they, they're basically trying to find evidence of this society. Um, and he's blackmailing his daughter to helping her, uh, helping him, because part of, uh, one of the reasons why she could sell the artifacts she gets at such a high rate is because you need to have them certified by an archaeologist to prove they're real. She can certify them. But her father gets her certification revoked by uh, bringing up abnormalities with how she won her uh, archaeology certification. And they actually have the backstory of that last issue, which was highly entertaining. And uh, and yeah, this should be revoked, honestly, by all means. 
but he's actually willing to like write the letter to get it reinstated so she can get back to her business normal if she helps him out with this gig, which she's doing with her wow. best friends. Yeah, her father's blackmailing her. Yeah, yeah. No, no wonder she turned out kind of bad. Well, he didn't want to blackmail her, but he kind of had to because she wouldn't return his calls, wouldn't help him. And she's like, well, of course I'm not helping you out. You've been obsessed your whole life with the stupid thing. Mother left you because you're obsessed with the stupid myth. He's like, no, but I have proof now. She's like, screw your proof. But uh, there does come a point where they're like outside of where they could be caught. And there's a lot of things going on. And she actually has her two uh, murder droids with her who love torturing people. And he, she's like, okay. Now that I have you this position, you will tell me everything about this, because apparently there's a lot I don't know. He's like, oh, I can't tell you. He's like, oh, really? This is zero three. Uh, go torture him. And he's like, oh, delightful mistress. Just think of like C-3PO, but twisted and evil as all could be. It's like I have, I know many ways to torture this individual. And starts, you know, pulling out all these things. And he, he's like, you're not really gonna torture your father. And she's like, damn it, no, I guess that's my limit. And then the droid's like, I'm very disappointed in this. I can't believe you're a torture tease, mistress. Yeah, that, that, that is pretty uncool. Yeah, it is kind of uncool. But at least it shows she does have a moral limit. She won't torture her own father for information he's willing to give willing, somewhat willingly. Well, he just said no. He did say no until she threatened to torture him. After that, he actually did give up the information. So I guess that kind oh, of good. worked. Okay. Yeah, that worked. Okay, got it. Um, also on her team is a Wookiee bounty hunter whose name is like Hashiyake or something. I don't remember. But he, what I remember is that he is freaking awesome. He takes on platoons of stormtroopers in the jungle and murders them in this issue. And that is awesome to see. Uh, this issue is interesting because it sets up the backstory without having to go to the site that her father's obsessed with. And of course, the site is on Yavin 4. And this is happening during the time right after the Death Star has been blown up. So, Davin 4 is currently covered in Ewoks and a giant Imperial base. And so they get there, they find all this, and they're like, how could you not know there's a giant Imperial base here? He's like, well, there wasn't on any of the records. This was supposed to be a secret giant Imperial base. And of course, they built the giant Imperial base inside the ruins, which actually makes sense, looking at how the, the Imperial base was set up in the movies. It's actually built into something else. And... By this story, it's actually built into these ancient Jedi ruins that they need. So it's a neat story. They go in there. They start doing some some really cool Indiana Jones-type stuff, solving puzzles. Um, I've enjoyed the read. To me, it's not as good as the Darth Vader series. I think it's the same writer, too. Uh, written by Kieran Gillen, uh, penciled by Kev Walker. forgot to mention at the beginning. I really like the art, like the story, like the style. Uh, these guys are on top of their game. I'm really enjoying the series, which is weird considering usually I hate like non-canonical spin-off character series. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I don't give a crap out. Um, was it Big's Darklighter? Uh, no. The Shadow of the Empire series. Hmm. Do you remember that, Elgarian? No, I, I never really collected the. Uh, yeah, uh, a few of the guys. Star Wars comics growing up. I think it was Big's Darklighter, but they, he actually they. But that series is popular enough that there were multiple books. There were actually toys produced for that series. Um, so it's a very popular series. But of course, it's all yeah, considered this, this completely non-canonical. Book, yeah is 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 this uh is this is this book Disney canon? Uh, probably not. I'd like to say yes, it is. But okay, well, 
Probably not. I mean, the stories are run because, through uh, Lucas Arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay, the, but the the whole Yavin Four history that that you describe here is not like the canon that used to be, but before the Disney sell off, uh, uh, Yavin Four was actually not a Jedi thing. It was a it was a Sith thing, and it was you know there was horrible 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 events happened there. And there, well, it was heretical. Uh, well, this is a heretical Jedi stronghold. No, no, yeah, I, I understand, but I'm not even talking that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking a Sith Lord crashed here, subdued the populace, uh, made them build a giant temple to him, got in the temple when the Jedi found him, uh, get, gathered up uh, 10,000 of, of his, of his, uh, his worshippers to him, drained all their life force so he could, he could link his soul to the temple. Is this the moon of Yavin 4 or Yavin 4 itself? No, y- Yavin 4 is a, is a gas giant. So, yeah, it's the moon. All right, just checking. Yeah. No, I mean, got to remember all of that can can of stuff didn't happen. All that didn't happen. Right, it all got flushed. Yeah. So, so you know, this this book could be the the new canon. It honestly could be. I mean, it does get run through Lucas Arts, and uh, Marvel is part of Disney, which is Star Wars. So, uh, so there you go. In theory, this is a story being put out by Lucas in a way. Yeah. Of course. Well, by by LucasArts, yeah. Right. Of course, by by that token, if someone makes a movie and says it's something else, and they can totally do that and ignore everything written, they that's their right. They can. And then the movie is always canon. Right. So yeah, I mean the 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 whole mess of what of of what's canon, what's not canon, uh, that that uh, that that Lucas agreed to when 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 he sold the rights to Star Wars is just a giant cluster f because there's so there's so many decades of good writing and questionable, to, you know, yeah, and questionable, but but before and and after the movies, that all of that was just swept away by by one signature. God. Well, how, how, dif- how different is it than anything for, with, with a large uh, – uh, one of any of these large franchises? Uh, Marvel, DC, their continuity is garbage. You know, Star Wars now is pretty much garbage, and what's canon is, what, what it is, what it isn't. It's all different. Star Trek's probably a little better. Yeah. I, mean, Star- I think uh, Star Trek's only better by virtue of there's actually more content for it. It's not just a few movies. It's hundreds of hours of TV. Yes, and all of the comics – uh, the the uh, TV and the movies they they all they all share the same universe, you know they're all in the same in the same thing. They're they're, they're not trying to write over each other. In the in, in the video game Star Trek Online, it, they 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 purposefully take it. Was it like twenty years after after the end of uh, of uh, uh, Nemesis? Yeah, and they so, actually work really closely with exactly, CBS and Paramount. Exactly. So they won't step on continuity, which I thought was great. You know, so so as as far as all these other things we're talking about, yes, Star Trek is 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 the best at at not sweeping old canon under the rug, but just building before and after it. There was actually a uniform created for the Star Trek Online series that was actually end up being used. I think it was in a Star Trek episode, like they actually used something from the show. Hmm. I mean, from the game. From the game, right? Trying to remember the name of that uniform. Anyway. But uh, I, I've been liking the Doctor Aphra series. This, I think, was a pretty standout issue. Got some great action in it, some good humor. Um, it's driving the story along nicely. As soon as I started saying that you're having four, I started laughing. Because even though I'm not the, uh, not the most avid Star Wars fan, even I recognized that reference and had to laugh. So uh, I really liked it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I really liked this issue. 
Uh, art was strong, writing was strong. I think it was a stronger issue than the last issue, but that was pretty good too. I'm liking this series. If you are a fan of the Darth Vader series, I would say definitely pick this up. Cool. Next up. Justice League versus Suicide Squad number five. Oh, not this again. Yes, I'm talking about this because it seems to come out like every dang week. And also, it is one of the big events. It is the big event happening right now for DC. In fact, Justice League, the comic, also came out this month. And it is... I mean, I've stopped buying Justice League now. But uh, this was like the last issue I bought. Because Justice League just like hawked away all of his continuity that was going on so that the events in Justice League vs. Suicide Squad would matter in what's happening with that book. Which just really annoyed the crap out of me. I mean, Justice League is not a very good series as it is. That's why I stopped buying it. But when they did this, it's like, screw continuity, but we're going to have this book match this book. Sort of. Actually, it matches it pretty well, which is actually impressive. But it's also like, that's not what I want to see. I wanted to see you wrap up that last storyline. I guess you... And, and they didn't say, oh, this storyline got halted because of this happening. It ignored any continuity between... Anyway, but... Let's talk about this book and not my petty complaints about continuity. This book is written by Joshua Williamson. Uh, art by Robson Rocha. Is it Rocha? Rocha? Either way, I apologize for mispronouncing your name. So, Maxwell Lord... Finally got what he was after that was hidden under Belle Reef Prison. And it was the Black Diamond, the Eclipso Stone. Which so, is a great plan if you're stupid. Yeah, it's the see his plan was Yeah, there was a in like issue one of the series, they actually showed Maxwell Lord like forcing some shaman to give him some protection. Well, in this issue find that protection he got was so that Eclipso couldn't affect him. Well, guess what? That doesn't work with a crap. And normally what Eclipso does, Eclipso is an elemental force of hate and evil. He actually used to have the Spectre's job as a spirit, spirit of vengeance. Uh, so he's Spectre-level powerful. Until he went really evil with it and became more of a spirit of revenge, and then Spectre had to become a spirit of vengeance and kick his butt, and he got trapped forever in the Black Diamond. So. Yeah, Eclipso... The link I just posted in Wikipedia is an excellent write-up on Maxwell Lord. I was a little surprised. Oh, cool. Thank you for your links. I appreciate that. You're welcome. But the, uh, so Maxwell Lord gets the gem. And the first thing he does is uses his Eclipso boosted powers to take over all of the Justice League. And within 13 minutes, takes control of America. You know. Thir- 13 minutes. 13 minutes. I, you know. Gotta be, gotta be a record. Yeah, gotta be. I mean, he basically has Flash disarm every single nuclear weapon. Uh, he has the Green Lanterns go out and surround the Earth in giant force fields so no alien or so no external presence can get in. Uh, Aquaman controls the seas. Uh, Wonder Woman just beats up anyone he feels like needs beaten up. Cyborg shuts down the internet and controls it. And uh, Superman flies into the White House, beats everyone up, knocks out the president, and installs Maxwell Ward as new president and dictator. Yay! Yes, Cyborg can shut down the internet. Just like you could use an iPad to hack into a Mezo. Yes. Because that's how those things work. Magic. Alright. 
So that all looks very bad for the world. Uh, so, of course, the uh, that leaves Batman, who didn't get mind control by Maxwell Lord. Because Maxwell Lord does not think Batman's a threat, which shows that Maxwell Lord is a that, bigger idiot than you can imagine. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, he, he's been around a while. I mean, even 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 if he didn't really pay attention to Batman, he comes up so much in, in cosmic level fights that you got to take him serious. Yep. And yet he decided not to because reasons. OK, uh, no. Yeah. So in the ruins of Bellary Prison that the uh, the now evil Justice League have destroyed, um, you got Amanda Waller, you got Batman, you got Lobo's headless body, and you got a few other members of the Suicide Squad. And of course, like I guessed last issue, they blew off Lobo's head so that when he woke up, his new brain that regenerated would not be under mind control by Max Lord. And that's exactly what happens. And I actually kind of liked how when Lobo woke up, he didn't. He's like, "You blew off my head." Bam's like, "I had to do it. You were going to kill us all." He's like, "That bastard." They kind of, you know, he basically congratulates Batman on blowing off his head. That was a good plan. Which is honestly what Lobo should do. Lobo sure, is not yeah. one to hold a grudge, honestly. No, no. Well, not not about that. I mean, if, if it's about someone blowing off your head, knowing that won't kill you, against someone who is who is who is uh, mind raping you, you're you're gonna focus your anger on one or the other, and probably the second one. Yeah, he's pretty concerned with killing Maxwell Lord to dead right now. Uh, so basically, they get together the remnants of the suicide of the uh, Suicide Squad, and. Uh, they say, well, we got to take these guys down. Do you have, do you have any chance on them? And you know, like, Killer Croc's like, Aquaman's mine. Lobo's like, Maxwell Lord's going to die. And, you know, they're all talking, you know, talking about taking them on. And, you know, Batman's Batman says, like, no, I already have a plan to take out all of them. Pretty much. But, yeah. well, there actually comes a point where Superman comes back to get Amanda Waller. Because Maxwell wants to show Amanda Waller that he won and that he's protecting America. Like he said he could, like no one else could. So Superman shows up to get Amanda Waller. Batman's like, I've beaten you before. I can do it again. And he puts on the kryptonite ring. And Superman's like, with the power of Eclipso, that pain means nothing to me. That means, it just kind of smacks him out of the way. It's like, oh, yeah, he is boosted by Eclipso right now. And he's all completely mind-controlled. Damn it. So he grabs Amanda Waller and flies off. And that's when they figure out, oh, I'm not mind-controlled because I'm not a threat. And same with the rest of the Suicide Squad. They think Lobo's dead, so he's not a threat. And everyone else is, you know, pointless, so they don't care. Which is which is correct. I mean, the Suicide Squad in this in this context would be pointless. Right. But uh, but in this issue, you also find out that the Maxlor is pretty convinced that he has the Eclipso gem under control. And you find out pretty swiftly he's dilute, that he is seeing delusions of, like, people cheering his name and everyone's happy and things aren't on fire all over the place. But, uh... He figures this out and goes, oh, crap, Amanda, you have to you have to help me. You have to stop me. And she's like, I'm trying to let go of the stone, Max. He's like, I can't. And that's when his body peels open like an onion and Eclipso walks out. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what makes this worse is that Eclipso normally takes over a guy. And then to possess someone, he has to touch them. Well, because Max Lord has mind control powers, he can just reach out with his mind all over the world and start eclipsing people. Yay! That's a that's, mm-hmm. a that's a new kind of terrible. Yeah, super eclipso. But uh, so this actually kind of ends with that, but also with Batman bringing Lobo and the Suicide Squad together, and them saying, "Oh, we're going to get him." It's like this is not a job the Suicide Squad can do. 
And they're like, are you kidding? This what we do. It's like, no, it isn't. And then he says, welcome to the Justice League. Which was kind of a cool splash page of you know, those guys joined the Justice League. And a lot of the sure. members of the Suicide Squad, they've already showed teasers for the new Justice League of America comic. And Killer Frost is in it, Lobo's in it, Batman's in it. Um, forget the other members. I think the Ray? Yeah, the Ray. Um, there's no Harley Quinn in it, thank God. I couldn't buy it if it had a Harley Quinn in it. Just, no. Yes, Same. we all know you have Harley Rage. I do. But, uh, this reminds me of something. Uh, I think it was maybe Justice League, but it was it was definitely a uh, a uh, animated series uh, that uh, Superman actually picked up the Eclipso gem, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, that's the most horrible thing you could have possibly done to the world." And then he says, "Yep, yeah, that's what I thought would happen," and then he dropped it. it I don't remember that. Uh, and then uh, some someone who was who was uh, possessed by Eclipso was threatening like hundred thousand people with death, and Superman actually lowered his defenses, mental defenses, and let let Eclipso in. And uh, then he and uh, Captain Marvel fought, and they're like, "Yeah, he's the only one that could probably stop Superman." Yeah, yeah. And then and then Captain Marvel, you know, after the fight, he gets up and he turns around, his face is all mangled and beat up. He said, "Yeah, that 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 didn't work out," and then he passes out. I forget how it ended, but but uh, yeah, Superman actually picked up the Eclipso gem. Went, mm, yep, that's what I thought would happen. Dropped it. Maybe it's because he's Kryptonian or something, mm-hmm. not human. And Eclipso is a is a uh, avatar of hatred for humans. Well, avatar of hatred in general, and in in general, Kryptonians are are primarily dominated by logic. Really, so, that's not how they're shown in the complex. Well, Usually, no, seems no, like no. they're full of rage and hate. I know, I know, I know. But it, this, this was, this was canon at the time. This was like oh, over a decade ago. This was like a long time ago. Okay, I'd have to and, see uh, it. It sounds familiar, though. Yeah. Well, I remember the Captain Marvel fight sounds familiar. I always think that Captain yeah, if, Marvel if, gets punked a little hard. He should be a lot tougher. He should be at Superman level or above. He really should. No, he is. He is at Superman level. But the problem is because he's when always he's jacked on Eclipso juice. Well, no, I mean, uh, it was it was the fact that, uh, yes, he has he has all of the, the abilities of those gods, wisdom, strength, speed, you know, all that stuff. But that's all filtered through the knowledge and tactical ability of a child. Yeah, well, he's also magic. For sure. Yeah, yeah, he's also magic. So it does that. I mean, once once uh, once Captain Marvel figures out that he can summon lightning, have it hit Superman and hurt real bad. He does that a lot. Well, but... it did that in Kingdom Come. Yeah, yeah, but then you know there's a drawback to that. If he gets if he gets hit by his own lightning, he changes back to Billy. Right. And I mean, that, Superman caught into that pretty quick. Yeah, that worked right until like covered his mouth when he was Billy. Hush now, boy. Was <laughs> it is it Man of Steel uh, vulnerable to magic still? Or yes. is that is that long since gone? No, he's still vulnerable to magic. No, he's, he's still vulnerable to magic, right? Yeah. Kryptonite and magic is pretty much has pretty much been with us for a long time. And depending how yeah. vulnerable he is depends on the writer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a vulnerable. It's more or less dependent, depending on the on the series and the writer that's in there. But he, he's never he's never been invulnerable to magic. Yeah, but well, as, for for like decades. As far as uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad goes, this has been my favorite issue of the series. Uh, the art was really solid. Which isn't saying much. It is, honestly, it's not saying much for the series. I haven't been super pleased with it, but this was a good series. Nice setup point. Um. Of course, as soon as like the Justice League got my Eclipse of Mind Control, I had to just sigh, you know? Because it's something you see come from a million miles away. It's like, really? When are these guys not mind-controlled by someone? Come on. Come on. Please. 
You're always yeah, mind I mean, in the in the Justice League series, part of the reason that made you stop getting it was they they were being mentally influenced at some point. Yeah, the, the Justice League series had so many. It started out. I hate to say it, but the new Fifty Two Justice League series was good, and the Rebirth Justice League series was bad. And that's like the only like. The only new Fifty Two good thing you can say. Ah. Uh, it's weird because most series, New 52 was like, uh, and then Rebirth's like, yeah. But Justice League was the opposite. New 52 series was really interesting to read and really fun for like the first year, year and a half. Um, loved the lineup, loved the team, loved the adventures. After Forever Evil, it kind of dropped off. Forever Evil was just a high watermark for that series. But uh, Rebirth's just been terrible. Which is why I'm not buying it anymore. But the... Uh, but um, I'll give this a I'll give it a four to five. I liked it. It was very solid. Uh, art was great. Um, uh, uh, Robson Rokin really knows what they're doing. Uh, the character models were on point. The pacing of the art was good. I liked the angles for like chosen for drama. Uh, it helped draw things in or out. Like there were scenes where things were hopeless and everything was drawn in really small. It, it was really nice. I really liked it. There was some great stuff going on there. So, uh, yeah, good book. If you want the life series, you're probably already reading it. Um, it might be worth reading as a uh, graphic novel when it all comes out. Actually, I kind of am leaning that way. That after the series wraps up and they release a graphic novel of all the Justice for Suicide Squad, I think it'd definitely be worth picking up if you're not buying individual books. So, I'd, so yeah. Give that a tentative future recommendation. And last but not least is U.S. Avengers number two. That's a fun title. Uh, written by Al Ewing. Uh, art by Paco Medina, who also did the cover. On the cover depicts the Gold Skull. I like the Gold Skull. He's evil. But he's not a fascist. He's like an evil... You can't even really call him a capitalist, really, because he doesn't believe in investing or capital or anything. He just wants to steal everyone else's money. He's like an evil pirate. Yes, like that. Um, but uh, at the end of the last issue, uh, is it Jessica Cage? Uh, anyway, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage's daughter, uh, Captain America from an alternate future shows up. And she's like, oh, I'm here to help. And basically goes into her backstory a little bit, goes into why she's there, and that you know they need to help out because basically some big event called Zero Day happens where Thanos comes down and he murders everyone. Uh, he just kills a whole bunch of heroes just to show he can. Uh, he actually ends up wiping out like half the Earth's population and 75% of its heroes uh, before they finally are able to band together and defeat him. Well, they end up killing him, actually, according to her story. Um, because that's all they could do at that point. And so she's like, this all this stuff happens. And they're like, well, are you here to help us stop there or something? She's like, you don't understand. Zero Day was supposed to happen months ago. Your timeline somehow didn't have it happen. In my timeline, the Gold Skull went back and found one of Doctor Doom's old time sleds. And there's a block for us. We can't go past zero day we can't go past that timeline but he said but using Dr. time slide he went around that to a different timeline to here and now he's here he's going to cause havoc in your world so the US Avengers 
come together to stop the horrible menace of the Gold Skull. Um, it goes to the background of the Gold Skull, kind of like how no one knows where he came from, who he is, maybe his father. It's certainly like the like, B-list villains who could have been like his father or uncle or inspiration. You know, pi- He loves pirate themes. He loves gold. He never pays any of his henchmen. He just ends up killing them when they start complaining about not being paid. Um, a lot of humor in this book. Also some really clever plot twists. Uh, the art is... Sol- I love the dynamic style of the art. I, I, I have since... Uh, since New Avengers, uh, Paco Medina has just become one of my favorite comic book artists. Um, knows how to tell a story. Knows how to get things done. Al Hewing's been great with the writing. Everything's nice and sharp. The dialogue sparkles when it happens. Uh, but this is a really interesting book. And it ends on a nice plot twist where the U.S. Avengers... Because you've seen a few times in the past where Sunspot, uh, Roberto da Costa... Uh, now known as Citizen V and leader of the U.S. Avengers, has pulled off these massive uh, turnarounds and twists where then you see that he was actually manipulating things because he's really, really smart and to twerk to the Avengers' advantage the whole time. And so he does one of those things like, we're going to do this, and he they go off one of his plans, and then he gets caught. And you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. So it's actually really neat to see... Like, kind of the other edge of it. Like, it doesn't always work with these grand plans of his. So, it was, uh, it's been pretty, of course, now I, they might do a double turn, but it's been a good book. I think the Gold Skull is a very interesting enemy. Um, I try to remember his first appearance of the Golden Skull. Because in, like, some other book where they're doing some weird stuff, the timelines. And it's just like, I thought it was like a one-off villain reference, but... Here he is back, and it's he's highly entertaining. Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Really liked this book. Really love the introduction of the Gold Skull. Really love the introduction of... Uh, I want to say Jessica Cage, that's probably wrong. But Luke Cage's daughter is Captain America. And uh, so, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this book. Highly recommend it. It's actually still a good jumping bond point. Um, if I were to recommend an Avengers comic book right now, it would probably be U.S. Avengers. Uncanny Avengers ain't bad. The Avengers book has gotten better. It's actually pretty good now. But of the of those three bo- Avengers books, which one is my favorite? U.S. Avengers. It's dynamic. It's fun. The characters are interesting. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time, it, it weaves a nice story. So yeah, four and a half out of five. Love this book. Nice. Cool. And that's all I have to say about that. But if you have enjoyed Garthon's comic poll, and you should, uh, let us know. There are many ways to do so. Facebook, Twitter. Send a nice old-fashioned letter. Come on, guys. Um, also, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Legion of Myth YouTube or the live streams. Go ahead on Twitch. Become our friend. We like friends. Everyone likes friends. Even if you're afraid of having friends because you're a bit of an introvert, and that might oblige you to something, we won't oblige you to nothing. We'll be your friend, and we won't even invite you to the parties because you don't always want that. Sometimes it's nice to be invited, but not to go. We understand that. But let's move into the RNG. I think Elgarian has something he wants to say. Erng. Erng? 
Yes, Erg. But the uh, earlier we were talking about you had seen a couple of animated Batman films this weekend. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> In fact, it inspired me to uh, buy the graphic novel, the digital version, uh, just so I can uh, flip through it and compare. I've only gotten up to like page 10, but it's so one thing, the uh, the Dark Knight uh, returns part one and part two. I've watched both of them. Uh, of course, these are based upon the, the comic book uh, by Frank Miller and um, Klaus. Klaus Jansen? I think that's that right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, the Dark Knight Returns is a very popular and highly influential comic book series. And actually, Dark Knight 3 is currently still coming out, I think. And they uh, kind of peek a little bit into the future, you know, when... Ten years after Batman's retirement, he decides to come out of retirement for various reasons, and that's kind of how the uh, the show starts out. Well, that's also how the graphic novel starts out, and it seems to be like a page by page, uh, almost line by line uh, facsimile. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Um, the animation could, is a little lackluster. Uh, the voice acting's top notch. Uh, Batman's uh, portrayed by Peter Weller of RoboCop, so. Uh, Albeit, he seems like kind of a schmuck in real life. He's uh, actually uh, what P- uh, Peter Weller is not a schmuck. What? He was he was also Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, you you can't you can't diss Buckaroo Bonsai, man. Come He's on. also okay. a professor of history and ancient Greek studies. Yes, that's true. He is an amazing person. I take yes. that back. He's he's an accomplished and learned scholar, and he's also part robot. Yeah, yes. so what do you got? You, you got nothing against this man. You got nothing. I, I, ba- I basically, since he's part robot, I just kind of made fun of a, a disabled person. <laughs> well, he's differently abled. I should feel ashamed. Yeah, I mean, he has a gun in his leg. So yeah, so I, really, that's, I, I wouldn't I call that a disabled. I know people who would pay for true. that. Yeah, that is true. That is a good expression, differently abled. That's right. Did you just coin that? No, it's actually something that they use on uh, handicap websites and stuff. Oh, okay. So, um, in any case, uh, yes, uh, two thumbs up for uh, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. IMDb rates them eight stars and above. Um, and I don't disagree one bit. Uh, Animation is lackluster, but after a while, you kind of just tune that out and you're just paying attention to the story. Yeah. Um... It's really good. I think DC or Warner Brothers, as it is, has done some great jobs animating some of their old uh, books, some uh, justly stories, Batman stories. And with The Dark Knight, they did a great job capturing the look of the comic book without being slavishly loyal to it, so it still works as animation. But yeah, the animation could have been better, but it, after a while, you just kind of don't notice. You go with the story, and I I thought it worked really well. I liked it. Um, they have. They had some cool little uh, scenes where all of a sudden you notice they're kind of emphasizing a particular scene. You notice the art quality just shot up big time. Yes, that's and, true. And you realize that that's the cover to the next book you're in because yep. there was a four a four part miniseries that was combined into a graphic novel. Yep, yep, that's right. Um, which is uh, so those were great. Unlike what they did with the uh, the Killing Joke, which they recently came out with, where if you're a big fan of the original Killing Joke graphic novel, uh, which actually is considered like a like the pre-ultimate Joker story, where he decides to drive Commissioner Gordon insane uh, and turn basically turn him into a supervillain by driving him insane, 
kind of proving that you know all the stance between you and insanity is one bad day. Um, it's an alternate timeline story. It does not happen in main continuity because it actually gives a definitive history for the Joker, and DC is always real leery saying there is no definitive history of the Joker. There are probable histories. He was probably Red Hood. And then recently, actually, there's actually three different Jokers, and Batman's been fighting three different people all this time. So it's possible he has multiple backstories. So, uh, anyway. I kind of I like the mystery of it, though, and the guy's freaking insane anyway, so how could you really tie down his origin? Yes, exactly. Uh, even Joker in the books has said himself, you know, why should I tie myself down to just one reality or just one background? But the, uh, the Killing Joke animation they came out with if you skip like the first 45 minutes, of, it's like 90 minutes or 80 minutes, but you got to skip like the first 45 minutes to get to where the actual Killing Joke graphic novel happens. Because um, the graphic novel kind of opens with uh, the Joker invading Commissioner Gordon's home, uh, ca- kidnapping him, and uh, forcing him to watch horrible things happen to his daughter that Joker does to her, which they never say exactly what he does, but it's kind of implied there's some uh, assault of an adult nature. But they never actually say that happens. He might just beat her up a bunch. They never actually say, which actually kind of makes it darker because then your mind's like, what the hell did he actually do? And they um, definitely rated lower on IMDb. It was only 6.5. Yes. And... But it's a relatively short movie, only an hour and 16 minutes. Yep. And like I said, you got to skip for more than half the first. Because the first half, they added in a huge backstory of Batgirl and having a romantic relationship with Batman. Huh. There's even a Batman-Batgirl love scene. Something which never appeared in any of this series. The only Batman series that ever had a romantic relationship between Batman and Batgirl was Batman Adventures. Okay. That was the only series that ever had that. That was mm-hmm. never in the graphic novel, never implied, and it really just sours the whole story, honestly. Because you watch it, like, what is this crap? And and then, like, when it starts coming to, like, Batman going after Joker, you think maybe soon because his girlfriend, or ex may kind of girlfriend, got hurt, but he doesn't see that broken up. He's more broken up about the commissioner, and so it doesn't make any sense. They were just trying to fill in, put filler in there. When they could have just expanded on the story a little bit, but uh, it's unfortunate. It was yeah. highly unfortunate because I had people, uh, friends and relations who, you know, they on the comic nurse they go to me, and they're like, "Hey, we just rented this film. We saw it. Like it wasn't very good." And I've heard Killing Joke. I'm like, "Oh, you saw the film?" It's like, "Yeah." And like, I give them a graphic novel. Like, here's the original graphic novel. They read it and go, "Wow, this is really good," but it skips half the movie. And it's exactly that movie isn't real you know, it's, so it's a shame and that's why it gets rated so low because everyone's like why the hell is that even there and honestly hmm. that story is so dark I wouldn't want to see it animated I don't want to see a naked Commissioner Gordon chained up and whipped and forced onto a horrible circus ride where he has to watch scenes of torture you know I don't want to see an animated version of that what <laughs> In the comic, it's nice because you could leave a lot unsaid or unshown and just imply it, and then your mind works into just figuring out how dark it could be. But with something like animation, you kind of have to show a little bit more. 
Um, there are ways you could like pull away with a camera angle or something. Kind of like that see in that scene in uh, Reservoir Dogs where they cut off the policeman's ear. They don't show the ear being cut off. They pull, you know, Tarantino pulls away and you just hear him kind of, oh, oh, you know, in pain. And the next scene, the guy has his ear. You know, so it just makes you cringe with, you're not even seeing the ear get cut off, but your mind is creating that and making you uncomfortable. So that can be done with the amount of stuff going on. I don't see how it could be done practically. I think they were trying to make a statement by having a rated R cartoon movie. I think so. And I don't think it worked out for them. That's all I got for Erng. What about you, heathen dog? Well, let's see. Um, hmm. I know that uh, Max wants us to be a a little more political here, but I'm not going to do that. I don't think he wants... I think he wants to be more political. I don't think he wants yeah. this to be political. <laughs> he wants to be more political. He has, he has, he has differing political views than, than, uh, than a, a lot of people I know. I know. But, uh, yeah, I don't, want, I don't want to do that either. Um, hmm. Let's see. Don't make well, up something. You, Only say you, you got some. <laughs> If you want to get political, regardless of what I truly believe, I will completely counteract what you say with the <laughs> absolute opposite opinion. That'll help nobody, especially me. Which that's, I how, want to help. that's how politics goes. <laughs> exactly. No matter what you say, no matter how sane or sensible, there'll always be someone insane to say something different. And if you say something insane, and someone will say something sane in response. Yes, but it'll be it'll be something that you don't agree with and still cancels out what you said, which was the logical argument. And now you're worse off for saying it. Yep. That's Welcome how politics. politics. Yep. There you go. But uh, speaking of politics, I have been, uh, I, I watched uh, Max Liao stream uh, Urban Empire. And, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I downloaded that and I played it today. And uh, my my first foray into into political, uh, the, the political, uh, civilization game which is what it is it's it's civilization you 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 build a city you 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 build it through uh generations and you try you try and make it better and keep keep being the mayor but you have the the political adversaries of other other uh, groups like and it's not just republicans or democrats this is early times where you got communists you got anarchists you got uh um uh proletariat right-wing uh democratic democratic centrist uh con- conservative left-wing it's it's all weird you know and and it's a it's a it's a european game so it's it's not based on american politics it's based on european politics so uh at, at first i had trouble navigating those waters i i hit i hit shoals and rocks a whole lot with my first run through i had to quit because my 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 city was bankrupt the 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 the, the, the king was uh, was like five seconds from firing me so i had to i had to quit that game and start again and i had to had to have a more european mindset on it and now i'm doing a little better and uh i'm 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 uh, c- continuing to hold power and still building the city and i still don't understand that once trains become available, why don't all the people want trains? Trains are great. They 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 promote travel. The money comes into the city. It's easier to move goods to other places. But I hit so many roadblocks when trains came out. Hey, let's pick trains. No, that's like 
that that's tantamount to magic and like what it's a freaking train so yeah i mean you, you have to actually break through the whole political barrier of uh of new equals bad and, well, and really by, by having the train you're taking away jobs from all those horses and buggies that that that, that could be a definite part of it but you know i mean uh I, you know how hard it was to get me to get to get the, them to build a port on the on the coast. If I you mean, build but, a port, that's when you start having sailors, and no one wants I, them. Well, no, but I mean, boats have been around for a long time. All right? <laughs> you boats think are of... <laughs> not new. You know, I mean, having a port and, and before trains, boats are how goods get to and fro long distances. So having a port is only good for the economy. But I had to fight tooth and frickin' nail and fund it partially with my own money to get them to build a friggin' port afterward. They're like, Oh, that port's great. I went, shut up. <laughs> I had to drain my personal family coffers to get that port. I want you to, I want you to kiss my feet every day. Of course, they, they didn't like when I said that, but I, I stood by that. <laughs> that's official government documentation right there. That's, that's my official party platform. Exactly. exactly. That, that was at a council meeting. <laughs> Vote Heath and dog underscore kiss my ass. Exactly. So yeah, it's 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 a fun game. You really get into it. I mean, if 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 you like Civilization, and you played it for a long time, and now it's just like, oh, now I just I I know exactly what to do to get everything done. Uh, the the whole politics of the thing throw a curveball in because each new game is is completely is is completely different. And uh, there there are random events that come up, and how you respond to those random events will. Will, will shape the other political party's view of you. So you have to keep that in mind at all times. Like, yes, my character would not do this, but if I do that, I will alienate myself with two of the three political parties. And one of those two is in power at this time. So I have to, I have to, you know, capitulate to this issue because it will, it will affect my ability to build a freaking train. Or, or build a church even. You know how much flack I get for trying to build a church? A freaking church. It's 1850. You don't want to build a church? What <laughs> you the think hell they'd be pretty hot you, on man? building a church in 1850. Exactly. You think they want churches on every block. But no, they fight me tooth and nail every time. If I'm not politically aligned correctly, they do it out of knee-jerk reaction. So if you politically align yourself with the powers that be at the time, you can get a hell of a lot of stuff done. But... If you're not, even if it's good for everyone, they're going to fight you on it because you're political opposition. Yeah, it sounds a little too close to reality, actually. No, it's it's true. But if 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 you like if you like if you like Civilization, if if you like if you like SimCity, but you've grown bored because you know the exact build order to get everything you want, then this is the game for you. That does because, sound interesting. Yeah, exactly. Because it will it will give you a new challenge every every playthrough. And uh, and it, it will give you just another level of the onion to, to, to navigate through to to make it toward a victory, not only for you, but for the people of your city. You know, along those lines, I actually had a dream a couple nights ago that I was playing an HD remastered remake of Age of Empires 1. Wow. You know, all new graphics, you know, completely you're HD. You're a super nerd. I no, miss Age of Empires nerd. 1. I loved that game. But obviously it needs, to, it needs to be it needs to be a little updated. But uh, that was a great game.
But I know that's a weird dream. It is. It really is. <laughs> but I'll, I'll roll with it. I'm good. You know, when you play video games too long in a row, and then you go to bed, and then you actually dream that game. You ever done that? No. No. There, there was a, there was a guy. Um, uh, his name is Phil. I'm not going to give you his last name. But uh, when we were in high school, he played uh, Final Fantasy. I forget which number, but it was an early number because it was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And uh, uh, he played it. Uh, he started it Friday night at, uh, at our, our, our collective friend's basement. And uh, I would go home, come back. He'd still be playing it. I would go home, come back. He's still playing it. Sunday, sometime in the late afternoon, he started crying. Like Phil, what's what's going on? He pointed at the screen, and it, it in, in this in this version of Final Fantasy, I don't know if it does it now, but it, it shows you how many hours you've played. And it said something like forty nine and a half. <laughs> this was in like two and a half days. He barely slept. He would fall asleep on that couch, wake up in two hours, and play the game again. Psh, so what? And then, and then late Sunday <laughs> afternoon, he realized what had happened, and he realized that that that, that p- part of him knew that he had wasted all of this time. Whatever, life. that guy's a <laughs> that guy's a wuss. To me, that was a weekend well spent. Okay. Yes. All right, but he he apparently his, his his psyche broke at that moment, and I had to take him outside. <laughs> you see, now nah, I shoot when the original StarCraft came out. You couldn't get me out of my dorm room. I'd be in my underwear all weekend playing that game. Wouldn't even leave the chair. Well, I would, uh, you know, take care of bodily functions. But I didn't care, man. I didn't sleep. I went to work on Monday. I was wrecked. I didn't care. Hardcore. Darn right, man. StarCraft won like a mofo, yo. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. But then, that's how, that's that's how, how we got. roll at Legion of Myth. That's how we used. That's how I used to roll. Now I'm old and I got kids, and I play when they go to sleep. And then you can't play long enough because you gotta get up early because kids have a tendency to get up at like six in the freaking morning. That's my wife's problem. Oh, that's your wife's problem. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, long distance high five. <laughs> well, we have a, like a division of duties. It's kind of like in the morning, she gets the lunches ready, gets them ready for school, make sure they're dressed, brush their teeth, and then sends them off to school. In the evening, I make sure that, you know, they wash behind their ears, brush their teeth, get on their jammies, say their prayers, go to bed. You know, I, I take care of all that stuff. So. Yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a stay-at-home dad, so I do both those things. Which is awesome, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I wish I could do that. That'd be cool. I would oh, yeah. still be a lot of work. Yeah, but you know, I, I I married a girl with prospects. <laughs> burn. Yeah, we both feel made. the burn. Whatever. <laughs> My woman had prospects till she married me. That showed her. Oh, you're a you're a millstone. I am. I am an albatross. <laughs> Garthon Albatross Marsh. That's your new thing. That is. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. Um, I think that's a good wrap up for today. It sure is, Garthon. You're right, guys. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a good one. We went through we went through a, a lot of good content today. And I'm proud. 
And, and you should be. I think we all did an excellent job today. But what I'm most proud of is no one stepped on the music to your to your comic pool today. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I was pretty proud of him. <laughs> that. I'm, 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 proud of, I'm proud of Elgarian for that. I am. I mean, I, I've done it once, but he's like he's like a serial killer on that thing. I think he does it for fun. I've done it like two or three times. <laughs> well, there's such a lot of it. silence, you know. Why is it quiet? I must talk. <laughs> you can't leave dead air, for God's sake. All right, if you have any constructive comments or suggestions, check Legion of Myth out on the internet at legionmyth.tv, legionmyth.com, facebook.com slash legionomyth, uh, youtube.com slash c slash legionofmyth underscore page, at Twitter, at Legion of Myth, twitch.tv slash legionofmyth. You can also check out our podcast of the audio version on iTunes and FeedBurner. I actually get mine through Overcast. That works, too. And we have some really high-quality gear you can now get at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Um, I'm getting some of that stuff for myself pretty soon. I've heard it's very high-quality on the shirts, so uh, definitely looking forward to some of that. And you can also... Yeah, I even have the old shirts. Yeah. I even have one of the old shirts, and it's still good. Yeah, they're nice. So, as always, if you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash Myth, just like Hicks does, and we appreciate it so much. Uh, any last words, gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah, that's that a horrible last word. That is a horrible last word. <laughs> that's going to be my last word. Elgarian's last word was crap. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. You have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great Darren Lynn novel.